0: you look so funny <laughs> this is just an intro to the preach I'm letting you wait for a reason because I want to talk about that that it's awkward to wait and you're sitting there like oh, come on you can start now you know Just go over your emotions and just get started but the point is this is that life is about waiting yeah, that was a good one. Like an amen, eh? From a Tehran family. <laughs> was that you, Paul, or was it not? <laughs> I just blame it on the kids always. <laughs> Life is about waiting, and waiting is fun. Amen. Start at that side. You guys enjoy it. Uh huh. Anybody here? I <laughs> no. This is bad because I'm going to go into scripture and help you understand how good waiting is. And now none of you are saying yes. That's great. <laughs> So we've got a lot of work to do this morning. You agree? Yeah? Yeah, yeah? <laughs> waiting is not fun. How many of you are, for whatever reason, you not, I'm not talking about waiting on me to finish this preach. I'm talking about just stuff in your life that's happening at the moment. And it's not happening at the pace that you ought, that you want it to happen. How many of you are busy waiting for things to be solved and, and sorted out and, you know, done? And Paul waited 80 days. Well, that, that um, uh, visa to come through we're all waiting in whatever way uh, we're waiting for stuff we're waiting for provision we're waiting for things in our lives and it's it's not always fun but the bible is incredible because the bible is full of experiences of people who waited and so guess what if if god puts stories of people who wait and who waited for periods of time in the Bible, there's a purpose for us in reading those stories to be helped. Do you agree that we need to learn from their stories and, and from how they managed and, or did not manage to wait? Maybe Many of our stories could be put into the Bible of how we have failed in waiting. And um, I think a lot of us do fail at the whole issue of waiting or the practice of waiting. None of us enjoyed that. But the problem often with waiting, and may I say this, I, and this is really what I want to hit home this morning. By the way, the, the title of my message, if you wanted to have something, some of you like that and I also do, so that's fine. Um, the title of the message this morning is Looking Behind the Scenes. Um, we're going to try to look behind the scenes. But the sentence I want to read to you is very important because it, it says the following. The problem often with waiting is that we are more focused on what we are waiting for and we are not much focused on the process of waiting. Nobody wants the process of waiting. We all wait for what we are waiting for. We are focused on that. So when we, when we celebrate a period of time, um, and Paul, uh, permit me from, for using your example, but when we celebrate the waiting process, we celebrate the outcome of the actual thing that we waited for and not the process. How many of you celebrate the process? And like, man, I stood in the queue for three hours and I got my, my paper or whatever it is. I celebrate the paper, not the process. Agreed? we don't come home like you can't believe it honey i was in a queue for three hours this morning waiting for fuel and i eventually i forget about the fuel the fuel is not even an issue did you get yeah i got fuel oh i forgot about that actually but i really wanted to celebrate something with you i was there for three hours and it was amazing it was the best time of my life i so enjoyed it you know whatever it was that you enjoyed about three hours of waiting for fuel (laughs) No, we get home and we say, I got fuel and I celebrate that. But nobody celebrates the three hours or whatever period of time it was. And unless the period was like ten minutes. I get home and like I got fuel and I got it in ten minutes. I drove in, I was the only car there. <gasps> no way. God is so good to you. But when God affords you to spend three hours in the queue, there's a problem. It's like God, you know like time out. It doesn't work like that. We, we want a few, but we want it quick. But the Bible doesn't teach us that. So I'm sorry. If I'm setting you up for a good waiting process this week, this is your prep moment. All right, so please take notes. And if you come back after the week and you complain about the, pro- the painful process of waiting, you missed an opportunity this morning to be, pro- to be properly prepared for it. Okay so just please tap your neighbor and say get ready for your waiting period <laughs> cuz it may come and and this is not a this is not trying to pronounce doom over you it's just the reality people we're going to wait in life and many of you've been waiting and so no one celebrates that process but i believe God wants us to appreciate the process of waiting more and not just the end of the line reward. There is a beautiful reward at the end of the line that, like, man, I wish I could just. And sometimes there are people that want to just skip the lines, and I hope that none of you are like that. Just want to interrupt lines and, and push in. And anyone, just come on, this is a moment where we're going to be real. Anyone ever pushed into the line and have forced your way to the front? None of you is just like a holy church now. He's like, no, I'll never do that. I wish I can. <laughs> the problem with us as Makiwas is that when we go to the queue here in Africa, we stand out. You guys, Africans, you're so lucky. You know that. You know that. When I go to a border post and I want to just... You just smile because that's what people do. Huh? Climb? You guys do that? You're like, ah, uh, what? You're, how are you doing? it's like, man, before you know it, the guy's in the queue, and I'm like, serious. Excuse me. Excuse me. You did not join the queue. You just forced yourself to the front. But when the Kiwa goes, you're like, ah, la, 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 la. the lady at the counter will notice it. Never mind the people in the queue. She's like, ah, ah, ah. What did you do? Get back into the line. For some reason, we just stand out in this world. <laughs> anyway, we don't enjoy waiting because there's all sorts of things wasted we believe when we wait in actual fact it's the best thing possible and I want to help us understand it's a kind of an interesting word to share at this time of the year but I believe that God wants to help us celebrate the waiting process and not just celebrate the reward at the end of the process and maybe we are all facing different lines or cues in the moment, at this moment in our lives. Maybe uh, the cue that you're in is waiting for God to guide you into the next step of your life. And you're just like, God, I'm, I'm waiting. Please speak. I, I don't know what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm patiently waiting, I think. It's kind of like the guy that said to God, God, give me patience now. It's like, no, my buddy, it doesn't work like that. It's like, no, it doesn't come through just whoop, there's patience upon you. Maybe there are people this morning that are waiting for God to bring about a massive breakthrough, a miracle that will release you from a current condition that you're in and situation and open up a new door that you've been trusting Him for. Maybe it's a financial breakthrough that you're waiting on God for. Maybe it's a a relational breakthrough that, man, we just... We're just bumping heads at the moment and God I've been praying about this relationship and maybe with children, maybe with your spouse and don't raise your hand now, it's not a great time to do that. Just keep it to yourself. Paul, that's fine. Just keep it down. Just keep it down. Sorry, I'm just I don't know where I'm why I'm going that way. Maybe I should go behind you to um were you guys there behind <laughs> so the point is we we, maybe some of us are just waiting for some sort of a breakthrough and we're like god it's not coming it's not coming the way that i that i wanted it to come already it should have come already like two years ago maybe there's emotional breakthrough just finding yourself battling particularly maybe in this time and moment that we're in and emotionally just struggling it's like god I, i need breakthrough please do it now Maybe it's a career breakthrough. You're just frustrated where you are, and just trusting God. Or maybe you need wisdom for a new move. Or God's just not giving it to you. And, and there's reason. But we don't always see that. And maybe it's a health breakthrough too, where you've been trusting the Lord for a long time. And things are just not happening. And, and, and you're getting frustrated. And you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. It's like, and, and you hear about people getting healed. And they like push them into their lives. Like, ha I love that that's, that's a lovely um the belle saying. Ha isn't it? You guys use it a lot, eh? Ha It's like ah oh, that says everything. It's like it means I'm discontent, I'm dissatisfied, I'm fed up, I'm mad, I'm like ha <laughs> Hey? I love that. I mean I can't do the spelling yet, but I, I'm trying to get the pronouncement right. Um so the point is that we just get to various stages in our lives where we're waiting on God. And and it's just not happening. And we're like, God, if you're real, why would I have to go through this period? Come on, I don't know how many of you get into that stage of your life. We're like asking God, I've been waiting, I've been waiting, I've been praying, I've been asking, and it's just not. Uh-huh. We all find ourselves there. And the thing is, we're not just going to come and, oh, come cry on my shoulder now. Like, oh, don't worry. It'll get better. No, we've got to go to Scripture. We've got to try and find out how does God help us through these moments. Because guess what? God affords you to go through those, those moments, doesn't He? He allows it. Is that a revelation to some of you? It's not the devil. It's just God allows it because He's in control of your life. Uh huh. And so when you are in a waiting period, stage, we're in a queue that's a good thing. Tell your friend I love cues and mean it. <laughs> How many of you lied just now? It's just anyone come on, this is a moment. <laughs> no, the point is we we've got to understand that there's something that we've got to embrace about those moments. And unless we do, we will actually miss the process and, and maybe you will eventually get to the front and you're like, yeah, I got everything done and I got released and whatever else and I got the reward, but you missed out on the process. And so we walk away with, "Ah, I got it, I got it. But in your hands something, but in your hearts nothing. And God's more interested in our hearts than in our hands. So when you're in a waiting process, whatever queue you're in at the moment, embrace it and walk with God. Maybe crawl with God because it's so slow. It feels like you're crawling. And I I kind of had this interesting moment this week, because I was thinking about this morning, and I'm like, God, I I don't quite know what I need to talk about. And I opened the Bible, and and I opened up on a section that I've never really opened up onto. And I don't know how many of you have opened up onto this. Maybe your Bible doesn't have this section, but I opened up to this section. Can you all see? There's nothing. I can't go to all of you. It's nothing. See? This one on your left side is where the Old Testament ends. The one on your right side is where the New Testament begins. All right, so this is like the pages in between. So I want to preach from here this morning. It's like If you have a section like that in your Bible, why don't you just turn there? See, that's a problem now with your devices. That's the thing. You're not going to have that. But this is a significant portion in the Bible. How many of you have ever studied this? Hey? It's like, it's the stuff that we run to. Like, God, speak to me. Yeah. I turned to whatever page in my Bible and there was nothing. Like, oh, man, did he speak? I came out of that with such incredible encouragement. <laughs> None of us. But this morning... I want to try to help you understand something about the beauty of looking behind the scenes because what you see here is nothing. It just says New Testament. On the other side, it doesn't even conclude and say, you've just read the Old Testament, congratulations. No, it just says nothing. But there's something beautiful, beautiful about this period and, and, and I want to help us as we look at that To embrace something about what God does behind the scenes while we're waiting. Because what this period is known as is the silent 400 years or 400 years of silence. How many of you have ever heard about that? The 400 years of silence. That's great. Now all of you can say, I've heard of it because I just said it. Now let's raise our hands again. It's just nice to see more hands raised. I mean, it's just like, makes you feel like you're accomplishing something from up here. Anyway, so in this period, it's it's 400 years before Christ comes, the intertestamental period, where we finish with the book of Malachi, and actually it's the story of the historical period where Nehemiah was around, and, and Malachi was one of the, um, the prophets during that time. So the last book of the Old Testament is Malachi. The first book of the New Testament is, anyone, anyone, Matthew, great, uh-huh good well done Um, and so between malachi and matthew you have 400 odd years where nothing is documented nothing is recorded as such that got into the bible there is historical evidence that lots happened during that time but it didn't end up in the bible in our bible in our canonical bible that we believe is inspired by god so lots of things happened, but people refer to it as the silent years because it seemed like God didn't speak through a prophet that he raised up as he did in the Old Testament. But God was not inactive. There was a lot of things happening. And I think that's often what happens in our process of waiting. Because guess what? The Israelites were waiting for the Messiah to come. That's what we celebrate this week is that Jesus had come eventually in Matthew. But in between Malachi and Matthew, we have these 400 years that's so much took place that sets up for Jesus to come. And I want to just show you thing of that. And I'm not going to be able to read from the Bible. Because if I read from the Bible, you are not going to read anything. Because there's nothing. Uh-huh. But what happens is the following. Is that while people, in a sense, if we bring it into our context, that we're talking about this morning, and I just want to grab a bit of water... Um, Just want to drink some. This is just water. It's clean. All right. Anyone? No (laughs) one? Just in case if anybody wanted my water. (laughs) But nevertheless, we see that there's a couple of things happening in this period that are so incredibly beautiful. And it helps us to understand the, the, the timing of Jesus' coming. And it helps us to appreciate that when we think that nothing is happening, a lot is actually taking place. And we need to in our lives actually start sensitizing ourselves to the reality that if I don't see anything happening, it's like the king is like so slow. <laughs> what is happening here? God is actively at work. And if you are waiting at the moment and you think like nothing is progressing, there's a lot behind the scenes taking place. And so what happens here is that Israel is now returned from their captivity in Babylon, but they remain under the rulership of a of a nation called the Persians. Alright, so Persian kings rule them from a distance, but they're they not free under the Persian rulership. Before that, they had other rulers also um, governing them, and Syrians and whatever else. But not too long after this, after they've come back from Babylon, they're back in Jerusalem and in Judah, and um, we see that a a man that that we have heard about a lot um, comes onto the scene, a guy called Alexander the Great. He appears onto the scene and began his conquest of the civilized world at that time in about 336 B.C. And the whole civilized world, as known at that time, became Greek. I say, yay to the Greeks because then what he does he brings about greek institutions he brings the greek culture into their context he brings greek philosophy greek literature and what he also does he brings the greek language into the non-world where it was a spread of different languages at that time but he brings one language into that into the sphere called greek and from one side of the mediterranean earth to the other every one of culture or education spoke Greek. And an amazing thing that such a big area had one language in common at that time. Little did they realize that the hand of God was involved in all of this. Behind the scenes, God was working. You can imagine the Jews thinking, ah, oh, where's the Messiah? What's happening? We've got a new culture, we've got a new language even coming. We've got Hebrew, but now Greek is appearing, and we're starting to speak and use Greek. When Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome, eventually, he used the language called Greek. He wrote it in Greek. When Paul, or Peter rather, um, not Peter, Paul, John, let's go down to John. When John wrote to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, he used a language called Greek. There was a common language in which the gospel could be preached to every nation and every civilized family and people under the sun at that time could receive the gospel because they only needed to speak in Greek. How's this? So before Christ comes, behind the scenes, Alexander the Great is used to set up a context in which the gospel, when it would come later on, could be preached to all the people. And it was one language and it made it so much easier. We can now speak one language and so bring forth the gospel. Then, next, in this area, this peninsula that um, looks like a boot, how many of you know what that country is? Anyone? It's like a little bit of a historical uh, geography test this morning. Italy, huh? Italy, there, there arose a people during that time, so now um, Alexander the Great, and, and he sets up the Greek Empire, but now, you know, there's always a tussle for power, and so in this little uh, peninsula area with a boot-sized look, there's a little city called Roma, and, and in there, there are some people who are first-class warriors, and they're very good at, at, at fighting battles, and they begin to conquer the the, the, the little nations and city nations all around them and then beyond that peninsula they began to cr- cross the seas and, and into Europe, Africa, and finally into the Near East and until they molded the greatest empire in the world ever known called the Roman Empire. And so this is happening. And when they made the empire to cover the civilized world, they, they laced it together with Roman roads. And up until that time, the finest roads that the, air, the earth had ever seen. You could travel from one side of the Roman Empire to the other on paved roads, some of which are still used to this day. And I actually went and Googled it. How many are they driving on these roads? These are still Roman roads built by the Romans during the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago. And so... And they inaugurated nothing, something more. It says a postal system so that the letters to the churches could be mailed and carried and swift messengers could go from place to place and so spread the gospel soon after Jesus came. So roads were put into place that when Jesus said to them, listen, when I leave, Holy Spirit's going to come on you and you're going to become witnesses all over the world because of the power of God upon you. You're going to be able to. He didn't say this. He says what I'm doing behind the scenes. (laughs) Creating one language. And I'm creating a road system that when you need to go to cities and places, there will be roads for you to travel on. It's like then the gospel can go even easier and better. Behind the scenes, while you're waiting, I'm doing all of this. I'm setting up everything so that when you start obeying me, it's all in place. You just speak the language that you've been taught. And you can go and speak it to everybody. You just get onto the road. The Romans, I use them, God would say. I set them up. They thought, yeah, we're so smart. God says, I'm behind the scenes working. And I'm setting them up to actually create an infrastructure for the gospel to be spread. How's that? Now, suppose that the Roman Caesar never thought that he was preparing the way for the feet of the messengers of the Son of God. And even in Jesus himself to walk on the roads that he set up. A devil thinking, yeah, I'm controlling the whole world and I've got this incredibly strict order the Roman Empire put in place and it's killing people left, right and center and, um, and um, doing all sorts of things. But behind the scenes, God is using that to create the structure for what he intended to do. Imagine Jesus fleeing with his parents after his birth. Remember the story of Herod the Great? that wanted to kill all the babies under two because he felt that there was a king uh, on the scene and he was like, let me get rid of all boys then. And Jesus, this is God's providence. Jesus traveled on a road built by the Romans <laughs> to free him from the Roman oppression and from the possibility to be killed by the Romans and he could travel on this road to Egypt to be safe from what they wanted to do to him. That's incredible beauty of what God does and so all of this takes place and there's so much more and we don't have time to go into all of that but all of this takes place behind the scenes between Malachi and Matthew 400 years and God's God's pre- busy preparing the place the context the environment everything for his son to come and so when we celebrate Christmas this week you got to understand it's not just oh Out of the blue, God just decided now is the time. No, everything was set up. That in the fullness of time, Paul writes in Galatians, that the Son of God will come. This is what we're trying to get to. Is to say that when we wait, God is busy working. And behind the scenes, there are things happening that you and I have no clue about. But he's at work because he's a faithful God. And he's not strumbling around saying, I've got to do so much for my children. He's just working out his plans and his purposes. And we are part of that. And he's setting us up, moving us here, moving us there, so that his name will be glorified. It's not about setting me up so that I could become famous. It's all about him and his kingdom. And we often do not see this, all of these things, what is happening, that's happening behind the scenes. Do not ever believe that God is silent when He's not heard. Do not ever believe that God is inactive when He's not seen. We've got to believe that God is at work, behind the scenes, in ways that we can perhaps never fathom or understand. And when we focus instead on the end goal, we miss this beautiful thing that God is doing here, because we just want this end goal to be reached and accomplished. But we, f- we fail on celebrating and on focusing on this intermediate stage. And we don't know how long that will be. But yeah, He wants to develop character in us. He wants to help us to be formed into the likeness of His Son. He wants us to go through stages and things in our lives that are uncomfortable for the flesh. But it's so helpful for the Spirit. And so God's forming stuff in you and me. While we're in this queue, while we're waiting, while we're getting desperate to get to the end goal, we're like, ah! That's a explanation. It's a Greek word for ah. Now I want it now. No, it's just man, I want it. I can't handle this anymore. Hey, we get to those moments in our lives. Mm-hmm. We're like, ah! We just kind of like pretend we're not saying. It. But I'm in this queue, and I'm people could see me. And really what I'm looking like on the inside, it's like, and you all look so holy, you're not there at all. Hey, wonderful, wonderful. I'm so sorry that I'm there. (laughs) But God wants to develop something special in us during the stage of waiting. And as we ask Him to help us to have a perspective of what's happening behind the scenes, we start embracing those moments more. That when you find yourself, in a time, and and yeah, we use a lot of the physical examples, but most of the time we're in the spiritual time where we're waiting. We're contemplating, we trust trusting God, we can't see it coming through yet. We do not know when it will happen, but God wants us to embrace that. And So I I simply just want to give you some verses, because we have gone to the Bible, but there's nothing that I've read to you. It's like nothing to read just some verses that I would like for you to, to embrace with me as we consider the beauty of, of waiting. So we're going to just run through some, and I want to ask you to go and spend some time on them and perhaps put them onto your onto your device that you have with you all the time that potentially when you end up in a queue this week, you have it available in are life. Let me just quickly go to that verse that I can make sure that I'm embracing the moment that I'm in. So the first one is Psalm 37, and we'll have them up on the board. And I just want to read it to you. Verses 7 to 9. It reads as follows. (laughs) Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. It's amazing that none of you said amen to that. Hey. It's like it's such a one of those verses, like, yeah, I love that. Give it to me. Man, this is one of those that like, yeah. It sets us in motion when we start applying this. It says, fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way over the man who carries out evil devices. (laughs) It's like when the guy comes and pushes in. just don't fret about it. Just talk to him kindly. And if he doesn't want to listen, you just embrace where you are at and let God do the work. It carries on in verse um, verse 34 of chapter 37 or Psalm 37. It says, Wait for the Lord and keep his ways, and he will exalt you to inherit the land, and you will look on when the wicked are cut off. The point is wait for the Lord and keep His ways. Just stand and let Him see that you're waiting on Him and yet you're fine with waiting. Psalm 62, we just carry on reading a few verses together. Psalm 62 verses 1 to 2 says the following. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Whatever state you are in, let your soul be able to wait in silence on the Lord. Psalm 62, verse 5 says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. So so David is here, is speaking to his soul and saying, Hey, my soul, you gotta wait for God. Your flesh wants to run and get in the way and sort it out. He says, My soul, just wait. Just wait for God. Don't run ahead of yourself. Psalm 130, a little bit of Bible drill this morning as we come in for a close. Psalm 130 verse 5 to 6 says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in His word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchman for the morning. There are certain people that are, are waiting for certain things to come. It's like, man, I can't wait for the new morning to come. But David is saying, I, I will wait for God. More than the new day, more than whatever it may be that's promised in the new morning, I will wait for the Lord. He gives us Isaiah 40, which is a beautiful portion of Scripture. Isaiah 40 reads as follows Verse 28 um, to 31, it says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. This is wonderful. It's what Clive said earlier. God doesn't work on our schedule and closes on the whatever, you know, 20th of December and opens up on the 6th of January. He is always there, awake, and ready to minister into our lives. He says, verse 29, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall feel exhausted. Uh-huh. So all of you get tired, eh? But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That's the end result of waiting. But the Bible says there's great value in waiting. Unless you wait, you cannot experience those things. Those are rewards that come from waiting. See that? So maybe when we have tea now, you can all wait for the others to go first. And that will be a great test for you. <laughs> anyway, Lamentations is a well-known, well-known portion in the Bible, isn't it? Lamentations chapter 3. Listen to this. Um, verse 25. You're all happy that it's up on the screen, hey? See, <laughs> you don't have to turn there. Lamentations is just after Jeremiah. It's chapter 3 and verse 25 says, The Lord is good to those who... Wait for Him. (laughs) To the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should. That's your part now. I'm doing my part. Come on, you are going to work together with me. It is good for those that one should. Wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. For God's breakthrough, for whatever God wants to do. And then the last one I want to give to you is from the New Testament. And by the way, we could have taken you on a longer journey through Scripture about waiting, but I just want to give it uh, I'll give you a few this morning. James chapter 1. From, uh, let's read from verse 1. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. It says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Now, the word steadfast there is often, it's really patience. How many of you have got patience in your Bible? It says patience. No one, no one. Great. Thank you. There are people who have Bibles. It's good to see. (laughs) Anyway, it says that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness or patience have its full effect. Because if it does, then listen to what it could produce. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So when we allow God to let us be in these cues in life, it has the potential to produce something in us. Not just that we will get to the end goal of having received what we've been promised and what we've been working hard for, but it will produce a characteristic in us that God says that'll make you stand and stand strong in this life. And see, we don't like those things because they take time. We want immediate results, we want it now, we want it quick. We want to go to the counter and we want to buy it. And we want to receive it. And we want to flourish in it right there and then. But God says, no, I'm working in you in a way that is different to your ways. If you look behind the scenes while you're waiting, I'm accomplishing. I'm affording you the opportunity to grow. If you ignore it, you will miss out. And you will keep on lacking. You will keep on being spiritually poor. But if you embrace the queue that I have you in and will continue to put you in, embrace not the end result, but embrace the process, my child. Because behind the scenes, I'm at work. And so this morning, I'm simply trying to help us. I include myself in this. To help us embrace the process of waiting because we in this country in a season of waiting and what we celebrate more is the possible outcome of what this waiting period will produce people are talking about for 40 years of waiting coming next year and we're waiting for what and we will celebrate when this thing arrives but what we don't celebrate is what God has been doing in the 40 years and we ignore that And we don't see that. And we don't recognize it in each other's lives. And we're like, oh, if only that could come. God says, no. I want you to look behind the scenes, my children. See what I'm doing, what I'm accomplishing in you and through you. And I want you to embrace it because in that lies your victory. Your victory is not there. Your victory is right now available to you as you celebrate the work I am doing in your life. That's just one example. There are many others, other examples that we could use. I simply want to ask you. You are in a queue. I'm not asking you to join the queue. You're in a queue. All of us are in a queue of some sorts. greed There's a queue that we're all in. I'm asking us to help one another to not get frustrated with the queue. And not jump the queue. Don't. Resist the queue. I often, oh, I'm not going to go into this queue now. Uh, Econet had, had its issues with eco-cash the other day. I go there, collect my $42 that they took from me, my monthly WhatsApp, it's still owed. I get there and there's a long queue. I joined the queue the other day and I'm like, gee, the queue's not too long. I get into the queue and like, I get to step on my shoulder. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, sorry, the queue's over there. I'm like, serious, this is not the end. No, it ends over there. Oh, shit. I couldn't stay. I had to go. I had to go back. I have been back twice and the queue is still long. And one day, maybe I'll have the guts to go in queue and stay in the queue and sort it out. Or just forfeit my 42 bond, which is not much these days in any case. But nevertheless, the point is, we want to ignore queues and, and stay away from them. In the spirit, let's embrace it. Let's help one another to not just go for the goal, go for the end goal, but to go for the process. And let God do the work that He wants to do in our lives. Is that okay? So let's pray. I want to ask you if you're in a queue this morning that you want to get out of. You've just been so frustrated with it. And you feel like God's really speaking to you to stay and enjoy, not mass massive well, not necessarily trying to enjoy it first, but just to say, God, I want to be faithful. I want to allow you to do the work in my life, and hopefully it will become an enjoyment. But if it's not then it's fine. But if you're in a queue that you know you've got to get just stuck into it, you've got to be patient, you've got to wait on God, allow Him, and you want to enjoy and embrace the process, I want to ask you to stand. I want to just pray with you and say, God, we're in these queues that are uncomfortable, that are frustrating, it's taking forever. But um, whatever queue it is that you're in in your life at the moment, I want to pray together with you that God will help you and God will help us not to not to reject it, not to despise it, not to um, run away from it, but to say, Jesus, I want to be committed to this process that you have me in. And it's it's slow. It's slower than what I wanted it to be. But I want to commit myself again this morning to say, I'll stay in the queue and I'll allow you to do what you want to do. And i trust you that I'll get to the front, but Lord, until then, I want to be faithful. And so, Father, as we stand before you right now, we just recognize this, this fleshly longing we have to, to ignore your processes and just skip the process that you have us in and just want to get to the front and, and run away from the, the moments where we can be taught how to be patient I pray, Father, that you will forgive us for for trying to jump the queue even and trying to run away from queues and and ignore the special work of God in our lives during those moments. I trust you, Jesus, that you will give us perspective of of what you're doing behind the scenes while we're waiting. That we will not become discouraged, Lord God, while we're in this line and, and we seem to see nothing taking place. But you will help us, give us perspective, oh God, of just even just your faithfulness. In this moment and that as we commit ourselves to staying true to you and true to your word and true waiting on you lord god that we will be inspired and encouraged to keep on keeping on i pray father that as we launch into the new year soon that we will also be faithful in the in waiting processes that await us there that that we have no idea about at this moment but we know that they may be coming and that we will be faithful to what you want us to go through oh father I trust you, Jesus, that by your grace we will remain faithful to whatever cue you're putting us in and that you have put us in and that awaits us. We trust you for your grace. and this in Jesus' name.